Well, hello everyone, Pastor Seth here. I wanna welcome you to our online worship and communion Good Friday service. I'm really looking forward to spending this time together as we remember Christ's sacrifice. And so I wanna take a few minutes and explain specifically what communion is and why we do it. So at Grace Church, we observe communion through three elements, foot washing, bread and cup, and love feast. The word communion itself literally means fellowship, sharing, or holding something in common. So for Christians, it's a special time of worship where we remember Jesus's great love. It's a symbolic practice that Christians do to remember and to celebrate key aspects of the Christian faith. So communion consists of symbols that point beyond themselves to something much deeper. You see, communion was instituted by Jesus to help us remember the love that he's demonstrated for us. And so the meaning behind communion is deeper than the simple elements of washing feet or breaking the bread and drinking the cup and eating a meal. It actually symbolizes Jesus saying, I love you to his bride, the church. So at its core, communion is meant to cause us to worship and to love Jesus more in return. It reminds us of his daily cleansing in our lives, the price he paid so that we could have eternal life, and also the celebration that waits for us in heaven. So I wanna encourage you, if you've never experienced or done communion before, to join in with us. So parts of this might seem a little uncomfortable or strange for some of you, but know that we don't do this out of a sense of duty or obligation, but we do it out of remembrance of Jesus's sacrifice. And it helps us turn our focus back to him and to his love. So let me tell you what's coming. What we're gonna do is have three different life group leaders explain each part of communion, the bread and cup, foot washing, and love feast. And then we'll also be led in some time of musical worship. So I wanna encourage you right now to go ahead and get bread or juice and wine, as well as other materials for foot washing, and then come back here and celebrate this special time with us here together. Guys, I love you all and hope you enjoy being able to engage in this in such a meaningful way. Hey everyone, uh, Steph and Tommy here. Um, and as Seth just said, we're excited for this Good Friday um, online experience of worship and communion. Um, we're going to be leading us throughout this time um, of music. So feel free to sing along, join with us. And before we jump into our life group leaders t- um, talking us through each part of communion, just wanted to set the table with this song. It's called Lead Me to the Cross. And I just think it um, can help us all come to Jesus as we start this out. So here we go.
My name is Ryan Dorrance. And I'm Steph Dorrance, and we are life group leaders here at Medina East. And we're here to talk to you today about the first element of communion, which is the bread and the cup. Uh, we practice this element during communion uh, because of the example Jesus gave us in Matthew 26. Uh, the night that Jesus was betrayed, uh, he shared a Passover meal with his disciples. Uh, now, Passover was a Jewish holiday where a specific meal was shared, and during that time, uh, the Jewish people remembered how God's wrath passed over them during their captivity in Egypt. Um, God's instructions were to spread the blood of a lamb on the doorposts of their houses, and thus God's wrath would pass over them um, as he punished the Egyptians. And ultimately, this miracle led to the Jews' redemption from slavery in Egypt. And so the Passover meal was intended to help them remember God's providence in this area. Um, during communion, the bread signifies Jesus, who left his place in heaven to dwell among us and was broken on the cross for mankind. Uh, Matthew twenty six twenty six reads, As they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body. Uh, the cup, or in this case the wine or the juice, represents Jesus' blood poured out so that our sins could be forgiven. Verses 27 and 28 say, 
Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, today, we have the benefit, you know, some 2,000 years later, of knowing something that the disciples couldn't have known uh, during that Passover dinner. We know that Jesus is our Passover lamb, and because of his broken body and the blood that he shed for us, we are spared God's wrath, just as the Jews were spared God's wrath in Egypt. Our sins are completely forgiven, and we are saved from the punishment that we deserve. And just as the Israelites were brought out of their position as slaves in Egypt, we are no longer slaves to sin because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So now we're ready to take uh, the bread in the cup. And if you've never done it before, it's pretty straightforward. Um, so we start with the bread and you just take a small piece of the bread and eat it. And before you eat it and while you're eating it, you remember that it is the body of Christ uh, that was broken for you. And then you take the cup and you take a sip and before you drink it and while you're drinking it, um, you remember that it is the blood of Christ that was shed for you. So the bread and the cup are really all about remembering, um, remembering that Jesus Christ died for us and that the breaking of his body and the pouring out of his blood was necessary for the forgiveness of our sins. Um, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, it does warn us not to take communion flippantly and that we need to truly understand what is happening during communion, that it is a remembrance of what Christ has done for us. So when you're ready, go ahead and take the bread and the cup and um, take them solemnly and take them gratefully. So uh, what we're going to do is right after this video ends, there's going to be some music playing and we're going to ask you all to uh, take communion with us in the way that Steph described it. We do want you to take it solemnly and with gratefulness. It's a time to remember and be thankful about how Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And so we invite you to take the bread and the cup with us and then join in the singing and worshiping that will follow. We love you guys. We're excited to take communion with you. So as Ryan and Stephanie just said, um, go ahead now and take the bread and cup. I'm going to play here for a second. Um, take your time, take that. Um, even as we start singing, if you want to join with us, go ahead, or you want to continue to take it as we start singing. Um, but after you take it, I do encourage you to jump on in um, and participate with us as we worship Jesus.
Left a heart of stone Cause Jesus paid it all All to him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow Grace, Medina East. How's it going? Thanks for being with us here on this remote worship experience. Uh, uh, we're the Ballers, Chad and Allison Baller, and we are also life group leaders at Grace. We meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30. Our other life group leaders include Jeremy and Christy Hostetler and Rob and Jen Root. 
So uh, focusing in here on what we're doing tonight is uh, we're going to talk with you a little bit about the foot washing aspect of worship tonight. Uh, before we get into it, though, we're going to do the most important thing, and that is uh, read from John chapter 13 to set the stage and to see this story unfold. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So this is a really powerful picture here that is happening. Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. Uh, Allison's going to share a little bit more about why this would have been a thing at all. You know, foot washing and why it would have been shocking that Jesus was doing this for the disciples. So back in Bible times, people wore sandals uh, as their shoes and the roads would have been dusty and dirty. So when they would arrive at their destination, if they were going to someone's home, for instance, their feet would be absolutely filthy. So a servant would customarily come out with a basin of water and wash that person's feet. Um, it was considered to be the polite thing to do, and it was really reserved for the lowest of the low to do that kind of a job. So for the disciples to see Jesus doing this for them was a huge shock because they would even consider this to be below their own, beneath their own dignity. So this was a huge thing that Jesus would do this for them. Yeah, so foot washing is one of uh, two ordinances that we do in this, in this sort of way we remember what Jesus has done. The other is the bread and the cup. When we, when we take bread and we take the cup of uh, wine or grape juice to, to do the Last Supper communion, and it, it really is an amazing, amazing thing. And Jesus said, you know, I set you an example here and you should do this for each other. And I think his example is about more than just physically washing someone's feet. We don't, we don't have it so bad today, you know, for me to wash Allison's feet. It's really not like super gross as it would have been back then. So a little different context today, but important to keep in mind that he said, I'm setting you an example. So that's kind of one of the, the first big takeaway that I want to think about tonight. And the other is... Our love for one another being a way to share the gospel. It, as we do this for one another, as we sacrifice uh, privilege, uh, position, and rights to serve one another with foot washing, uh, we, are, we are loving one another. That is a way to love other people. 
And we can do that right in our own homes, right? We do it, you know, at life group sometimes. We do it at the church. And not only is it something we do for each other, but it, it sets an example of love, and it is a way to share the gospel. So later in John 13, if you read in John 13, 35, after Jesus says, I've given you a new commandment to love each other, he says, other people will know that you're my disciples because you're loving one another. So uh, those are just two of the things I wanted to mention real quick here before we go into the actual foot washing part. Right now, uh, there's going to be some music that's going to come on and play, some worship music, and we would encourage you to do foot washing right there in your own home. You can get a bucket, some towels, some baby wipes. Uh, there's no uh, specific set of rules about it, so do, do it the way that you guys feel comfortable in your own house doing it. And just as you do it, uh, pray for the other people in your house. Uh, pray over them and uh, as you serve them. And just remember uh, what, the extent of Jesus' love and what he did for us. Uh, thanks for being with us tonight. Great to see you all. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Love you guys. So as Chad and Allison just said, um, go ahead and do the foot washing now. Even if you need to pause this video and go do that to make sure you have the time to do it, go ahead. And then when you're done, come back and going to continue to worship Jesus together. I encourage you, man, if you've never done this before, um, give it a shot. It may feel awkward, um, but just the remembrance that, man, we, we need Jesus every day. <laughs> That's why we do it. So go ahead, um, do this now, and then let's continue to worship Jesus together. Oh
Jesus, there's no one beside you Forever the hope in my heart Hey guys, welcome and uh, thanks for checking in with us for the uh, Good Friday weekend service. So I'm Colin. And I'm DJ. And uh, DJ and I co-lead United together, the uh, Grace Church's Young Adult Ministry. And so I actually lead a U group or life group on Sunday nights and DJ leads one on Thursday nights. So Grace Church practices threefold communion and we're going to be leading you guys through what the love feast fold of communion looks like. So they asked DJ and I to do it because if there's one thing young adult dudes know how to do, it's eat a lot of food. <laughs> so there's just something special about getting around a bunch of people you love and sharing a meal together. And God's made us this way. So the tradition of the love feast comes directly from the Bible. At the end of the Gospel of Matthew, you see Jesus sharing a meal known as the Last Supper with his disciples. And at the beginning of Acts, after Jesus' followers received the Holy Spirit, you see this pattern of meeting in each other's homes to share a meal. The Bible says that they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. So why? Why is eating a meal with fellow believers and people you love so significant? When we're doing this, what we're actually doing is anticipating the great love feast, known as the marriage supper of the Lamb. The Bible says that the church of Jesus Christ is the bride and that Jesus is our bridegroom. So it tells us that at the end of time, Jesus is actually going to gather the church together and we're going to be married to Jesus. Finally, God's people are going to be reunited with God as we've always intended to be. And at that wedding, there's going to be a giant wedding reception, which the Bible calls the marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation 19. So this time, it's going to, it's going to be a time of celebration. It's going to be a time to remember God's faithfulness and his fulfillment of his promises to his people. So what, what the love feast is meant to do is it's meant to uh, point us back. It's meant to cause us to remember that through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we are going to be united with him in heaven one day, and we get to participate as his church in the marriage supper of the Lamb. So Colin and I, we want to encourage you in this time when we're more isolated than ever to start a new tradition with your family this Easter season. So uh, maybe if you're at this time, uh, you can go out and you can support the local community by actually having uh, a meal. So go out, get a meal. If you can, bring it home. Maybe set the dinner table. And the conversation around the dinner that night will just center, focus around Jesus. Maybe you guys can go around the table and ask each other questions about what Jesus has done in your life. Um, maybe how Jesus has impacted you and your family, maybe what you're thankful for. Um, what are you looking forward to at, uh, when you go to heaven? Or who are you looking forward to seeing there at that love feast? But the whole idea is for the body of Christ to celebrate and joy and encourage each other of the hope that is coming when God has made all things new and we will be with our Savior again. So Colin, let me ask you, uh, when, it, when it comes to the love feast, what's something that you're looking forward to, buddy? Yeah, and when I think about the times I've been at Grace and, uh, you know, at a, like worshiping or just being in the service with everybody, and I look around and see everybody kind of united there under under the the, uh, the common love of Jesus and, and this idea that he, he came for all of us. When I think about that at like the grand scale of the whole church, all of history, 
everyone being together in one place at one time to celebrate uh, Jesus who came for us like that. That experience is just going to be like just not it's completely overwhelming. I'm I'm definitely going to be crying, um, and it's going to be yeah, it's just going to be awesome. So yeah, dude, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, me, so uh, I love food. So anytime we get to have a meal like a Thanksgiving meal, a love feast kind of meal, I love that idea. Um, I love earthly food so i can't imagine what like a heavenly steak is gonna taste like like every bite is just gonna taste like the first bite um but and then but maybe more, more seriously uh, i'm just family like i i've actually never got to meet my any of my grandparents uh, i get to see my mom again so just having my entire family there in one meal is just something to be uh, that i look forward to and then lastly you know, when we read through the Bible, we see all these incredible characters. We see these names on pages, and there's just there's awesome stories throughout the Bible. But when we read them, they're kind of they're just names on pages. But there's going to come a day where those names those names they come to life. So we're going to actually get to hang out with Paul and Abraham, and we get to you know ask them and talk to them about their story. You know, we get to talk to to Jonah about what it was like you know to be eaten by a fish. You know, so I think that. Um, the, the characters in the Bible coming to life and actually interacting with, I love what you said, Colin, like the people of the Bible, I think that's just going to be something to, that, that I look forward to that would be really sweet. So how about you guys at home? I hope that you guys can start this new tradition. It's an, actually an ancient tradition that's been happening for thousands of years, and you will literally be participating with other Christians all over the world celebrating that which is to come. Life with Christ at the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. So as DJ and Colin just talked to us about um, the love feast, this is, you know, the part that we get to look forward to. So if you have a meal in front of you, um, maybe wait until after we sing to enjoy it. Um, or if you're going to sing with us, maybe afterwards, go and enjoy that. But man, I encourage you. Um, we just want to sing a song that even today, amidst all that's going on, we want to be celebrating Jesus always. I mean, as this song says, that his praises will ever be on our lips. So let's sing this together. solid gold like a vow that is tested like a covenant of old your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the horizon with mercy for today faithful you have been and faithful you will be you pledge yourself to me and it's why I sing your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. You father the orphan. For you will have your bride 
everyone, Pastor Seth here again. Thanks again so much for joining us in this time of worship and communion. So if you have any questions or you want to get further information regarding anything that you've experienced here, just let us know. Uh, the way you can do that is on our website and through the Grace Church app. In those places, you'll find a connect card and you can go ahead and fill that out because we would love to connect with you in that way. So I want to encourage you too to come back this weekend as we celebrate Easter. Guys, we are so excited to spend the weekend together as we celebrate Jesus' resurrection from the dead. So you can join us on Facebook Live this Saturday at 5.15 and Sunday at 9.15. And that's all through the Grace Church Medina East Facebook page. You can also access the online weekend Easter experience via Facebook, YouTube, or Vimeo on Saturday evening. Again, thanks so much for spending this time of worship and communion with us. We're excited to celebrate with you this weekend. And as always, we love you. And God bless.